So here we are on the second Sunday of Advent. Let me read this to you again. The Lord does not delay his promise, as some regard delay, but he is patient with you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. I want to make one quick note here to anyone who has not yet made a commitment to the Lord. Maybe somebody, maybe there's someone here who is straddling the fence, if you will, one foot in the world, one foot in the Lord, coming to Mass, but not yet committed, not yet having said, God, I give you my life. God, I'm ready to put sin behind. God, I'm ready to go in a different direction. Let's not wait another day. We don't know the day or the hour. The day of the Lord will come like a thief. But once we repent, then the Lord will work with us. The Lord will develop His life, His virtues in us. And I'll talk about that here going forward. But I just want to make this first point about conversion. To really give our lives to the Lord. Lord, I give you my life. We don't know the day or the hour. So we want to be ready every day, every moment. Okay, but now that we've done that, now we want to keep growing. It's not enough. We don't, you know, we don't believe in, what is it, faith alone or once saved, always saved. No, we, we give our lives to the Lord, but now He wants to make us saints. And that's what the Christian life is about. That's what Catholicism is about. It's about becoming saints, about cooperating with grace so that we can become saints, so that we can live with God in heaven for all of eternity, where there is no imperfection, where there is no impurity. So this season of Advent, you know, the word Advent, advenire from the Latin means to come to. So we're preparing for Christmas. Christmas is not yet here, but it's coming. Of course, Christmas is a time to celebrate, first of all, the coming of Jesus 2,000 years ago. But also to celebrate, in a sense, in anticipation, the coming of Jesus in the future, the second coming at the end of time. And of course, the coming of Jesus every day. Most importantly, in the source and summit of the Christian life, which is the Eucharistic sacrifice, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass and the Eucharist. But then also in our own prayer life, as we develop our relationship with God, He comes to us. So Jesus is coming to us. So our role, really throughout the year, but in a special way, in a more poignant way during Advent, our role is to wait. To wait. To wait for the Lord. But that waiting ought not be confused with something passive or something neglectful or something that there's no participation from our part. It's not just, well, you know, I'm just going to wait at home and sit on the couch and watch TV and wait for the days to go by and just waiting for Christmas. No, no, we want to be ready. We want to wait by preparing ourselves, preparing ourselves. Last Sunday, at the first Sunday at Advent, my homily was basically lots of practical things about external actions. So we have lots of little traditions. We have the Advent wreath, and we have lots of other things that are associated with Advent, wearing purple. Lots of things associated with Advent that are there to remind us of what the season is about, what Advent is about. But now I'll focus a little bit more on the internal Reality. What do we do internally? How do we, what does it mean to prepare? Not just to prepare our homes with the reeds and the decorations, but what, is it, what does it mean to prepare our hearts for the coming of Christ? And we heard in Isaiah 
in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. Now, of course, the prophet Isaiah, many hundreds or thousands of years before Christ, was prophesying the coming of Christ. In the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. Yes. So that has already happened in time. But now it's time for it to happen in each of us. To prepare the, the way of the Lord. And where? In the desert. In the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. Of course, we often associate, a desert, associate desert with Lent, and that's true. But Advent also. In the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. And we do this by doing intentional acts of, of prayer, of penance, of almsgiving, of charitable works. And as we do these things, we grow in virtue. I'm going to talk about virtue. This is going to be kind of a, a lesson, a lecture on virtue, both kind of generic, generally, generically. Is that right? Gen whatever that word is. And then also specifically about the virtue of patience. Because we want to wait. We want to wait for God. So virtue is basically happiness. Right? To be a virtuous person is to be a happy person, according to the Christian tradition, not according to the secular culture. According to the secular culture, to be happy means to have good feelings. This is not Christian. So in the Christian tradition, to be happy means to be virtuous. To be a virtuous person, that means to be a happy person. And that's something that we can develop. We can develop our virtues and therefore develop our happiness. And we know about the three theological virtues, faith, hope, and charity. But there are then the cardinal virtues. Who knows the cardinal virtues? I won't have you raise your hands, but it would be interesting to know. Who, who can recall of memory the cardinal virtues? I can tell probably any Holy Rosary student here probably knows because we've, we've been doing this a lot at the school. And the cardinal virtues are these. We have justice, fortitude, temperance, and prudence. And they're called cardinal because of the word cardo. That means hinged. So they're hinge virtues. You know, on a door, the door hangs on the hinges. That's what makes it stand. Same thing for us. The cardinal virtues are the hinges on which we stand. If we don't have those hinges in place, we fall down. But if we have those hinges in place, we can stand erect. I usually crunch over as I'm over here into this microphone, but we want to be erect, erect. And that's developing virtue. We're growing, not in pride, not to be confused with that I'm boastful, so I have my shoulders back. No, I'm growing in my confidence of being a son or a daughter of God, and therefore I am standing erect, waiting to receive the Lord ever more perfectly. And the virtue of patience is a daughter of fortitude. So fortitude, courage to withstand trial, patience is a daughter of that. Now, I'll get back to that, but how do we still in this, in this generic sense, how do we develop virtues? Well, first of all, we pray, God give, give me virtue, God give me fortitude, God give me patience. But also by practicing that given virtue, by doing those acts, so, for example, if I want to become a better piano player, I can't, sure, God gave, give, make me a better piano prayer, player, but I also have to practice the piano. And not just once, 
And not just when I feel like it, but every day. Every day. And even better if I can do it on a regular schedule. Every day I get home from school, I practice the piano for an hour. Well, if I do that for a few months, it's going to be part of my being, part of my nature. I just practice the piano. And then I become a piano player. It's the same way with virtue. The more we do acts of virtue, do acts of patience, the more patient we become. So if you're already somebody who is patient, maybe other people tell you you're a patient person, that's because you've been doing patient acts for a long time, regularly, routinely, and therefore you've become patient. And likewise, if you're not yet a patient person, maybe you know that yourself, maybe other people say that about you, Deacon Jason says this about me all the time, don't be so impatient. Just kidding, he's so charitable, he wouldn't say that. But if you know that about yourself, you're not patient, okay, that's, now you know, it's because you haven't been practicing the virtue of patience. When opportunities come to practice the virtue, how do you respond? Do you, do you act impatiently, or do you ask for help from God, and then exercise the virtue of patience? Now, I feel like I should give a definition of, well, it's already 10 minutes, and I'm one page in of three pages. How much do I want to test your patience right now? <laughs> Let me just say this. So, interesting thing about um, fortitude. Let me read you this paragraph from the Catechism. Fortitude is the moral virtue that ensures firmness in difficulties and constancy in the pursuit of the good. I want to talk about this because this is so relevant for all of us, especially when things appear really difficult in the world or in our personal lives. To ensure the virtue that ensures firmness in difficulties and constancy in the pursuit of the good. It strengthens the resolve to resist temptations and to overcome obstacles in the moral life. The virtue of fortitude enables one to conquer fear. Do we fear? Do we feel fear regularly? Well, that means I'm low in fortitude. The virtue of fortitude enables one to conquer fear, even fear of death, and to face trials and persecutions. It disposes one even to renounce and sacrifice his or her life in defense of a just cause. The Lord is my strength and my song. In the world you have tribulation, but if you have good cheer, I have overcome the world. Okay, so that's the virtue of fortitude, and patience is the daughter of that, which points which relates specifically to bearing suffering. The word patience has the word suffering, passio, like the passion of Christ, same root. Patience, bearing, to bear present difficulties calmly, or to suffer well. We're all going to suffer, that's part of life. But if we suffer unwellly, that's lack of patience. If we suffer well, that's with patience. And we know that from the word patient, like somebody who's in the hospital, they're a patient. That means they're suffering. They're one who suffers in the, in the hospital. They're in pain, they're suffering, they're a patient. So why am I stressing patience? Is because 
to wait for the Lord includes suffering. And there are involuntary acts of suffering, part the things that just come to us in our lives. But then there are the voluntary acts of suffering. And those are things, those are penances, those are things that we can take on ourselves in order to develop that given virtue. We can, we can stretch that analogy with the piano playing. You know, to play the piano when you're asked to play the piano is like the, or maybe forced to play, play the piano, that's involuntary. Okay, that will develop virtue. But then we can also choose to practice the piano every, every day. It's a voluntary act of developing the virtue of playing the piano, the habit of playing the piano. Okay, so now in the second reading we heard, Do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. The Lord does not delay His promise, as some regard delay, but He is patient with you. See, that as we develop these virtues, it's not just, first of all, it's not just us perfecting ourselves, it's us cooperating with God's grace. But as we develop these virtues, we take on the mind of God, the mind and the heart of God. That's what this is about, is to becoming one with God. And with the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like one day. Not hard for the Lord to wait. It's hard for us because we're not yet there. We have to develop our virtues. And we heard that also from, from the second reading from St. Peter. Since everything is to be dissolved in this way, what sort of persons ought you to be? Conducting yourselves in holiness and devotion, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God. So you see both of those dynamics there. Waiting, yes, to receive, but hastening the coming of the day of God. What do I have to do in my own life to prepare myself to become ever more perfectly disposed to receive the Lord? Because of which the heavens will be dissolved in flames and the elements melted by fire. But according to His promise, we await new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you await these things, be eager to be found without spot or blemish before him at peace. Without spot or blemish. That's the goal. You may, you may remember what I talked about at All Souls and All Saints and around that season, that the goal is not just to die in God's grace and friendship. If that were the goal, we would go to purgatory, because in purgatory we would have to be purified. But it's rather to die in God's grace and friendship and perfectly purified. This is Catholic doctrine. And so here in the words of St. Peter, to be eager to be found without spot or blemish before him. So when the Lord comes, will I be found without spot or blemish? If not, no need to get anxious or to get depressed, but let's do something different. Let's grow in virtue. Let's develop our virtues so that we can be ever more perfectly purified. And I have lots of examples here. You know, these are raised, so we have a curriculum at the school from the Dominican sisters, so these examples from them. Raising your hand and waiting to be called upon, waiting for your turn in line, bearing your own difficulties with calm and joy, patiently bearing a wrongdoing. When somebody does something wrong to us, which happens all the time, 
How do we respond to that? Do I patiently bear that? Not getting upset when others make mistakes? Waiting for your brother to finish his game before asking him to play? Letting other students answer questions in class? Let others choose their, their toys or their activities before you? And to say, I will joyfully accept this difficulty. That's the disposition, right? I have a trial in my life. I have a cross to carry. Am I bitter? Am I resentful about this? Or do I joyfully accept it? If I do, if I do joyfully accept it, I have patience. If I carry it, nonetheless, without, without doing it joyfully, I have perseverance. The mother the virtue, the cardinal virtue. The, not, well, perseverance also, that's another daughter virtue. But I have fortitude, the, the, the cardinal virtue. But I don't have patience. Because I'm not doing it joyfully. I'm not doing it well. So we want to develop that too. And we can pray, Dear God, help me to wait without complaining, to see you in my neighbor, and to let your grace enter this moment so that I may not lose my patience. So, okay, that's my little lesson on patience. We, like I said, we've had, we have this curriculum at the school. And we've been sending out videos with our virtue talks. One of the priests gives a virtue talk every Wednesday to the students. And that's going out in the flock notes. So you can, you can listen to those if, you, if, you want, if you're looking for an opportunity to suffer something. If you're looking for a way to bear a cross, you can listen to our talks and grow in patience. And also the Exodus 90 program, this is just for men, but from January 1st to... Easter Sunday. We're looking for 90 men to participate in that. And that's what the program is about. Taking on voluntary penance and prayer and fraternity. We all know fraternity is a real penance, a real cross. It can be. I'm joking. Deacon Jason doesn't think it is because he's so charitable, but I think it is. All right. So, just to close up here, a quote from Mother Teresa. Being patient with those around you, even being patient with God, means not getting frustrated exactly for not getting exactly what we want. God loves you and will make sure everything happens in the perfect way to make you happy. Not to make you feel good, but to make you virtuous. We are invited to be patient and to trust in Him. A voice of one crying out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord make straight his paths.